Welcome back to Movie Trailer Reviews Podcast. Your host Chris here with Ro, and we are here to talk about the film that's dropping today on Amazon Prime uh, and in theaters. I'm like, well, why would you do both? Um, all the old knives, two CIA operatives and former lovers reunite uh, at Carmel by the Sea to re-examine a mission uh, six years ago in Vienna where a fellow agent might have been compromised. Uh, what do you think? I like this. I actually have read Alden Stan Howard's book, and I thought it was an interesting way to kind of do a little, kind of like a little one act scene kind of thing for a movie because it felt more like a play. Mm-hmm. I don't feel like all the time that there needs to be the big, huge, long, drawn out thing to kind of get to the pivotal scene. So. This is a slow burn. It's a thriller, but it's less about leading up to the big, huge moment of betrayal or the, you know, we've got to figure all these things out that these usual espionage movies are about. And it's kind of just like a a snapshot of the aftermath of eight years later, these people have moved on, but there's this unresolved thing. And I think I kind of dug it. And I, it's been interesting to me. I want what do you think about this one? Um, I've gotten to the point where films like this, uh, maybe it's just because of yeah, where I'm getting at and the fact that I've seen so many movies, I don't want to hold a movie being predictable as the sole problem I have with it. Um, because like as soon as the movie starts, I kind of know what's going to happen and I kind of figure it out. So I'm not surprised that said, um, like you said, I don't think the movie was, it wasn't really about that. It wasn't really trying to hide that too much. It's more about your really good leads playing off each other and having that story told and the fact that it doesn't overtake as well. Welcome. So I liked it too. It's only an hour and 41 minutes. I feel like if this movie had tried to be like a two, two hour and 15, two hour and 30 minute movie, it would have, it would have annoyed me because it would have been trying to take too long to get to where I already know. Um, but they didn't do that. They don't try to insult your intelligence. They're like, you've seen this before. Not seen this before, but you know this story before. What we're trying to do here is enjoy the acting. Enjoy the um, everyone playing off each other and, and things like that versus trying to make this some deep mystery that you need to figure out, right? Because usually when you try to do that way, you got to be really, really good to really well, like throw people Well, first of all, off. you need Gary Oldman. <laughs> well that too right you know you, you know you you have to you you need to it, it just yeah so i i i like we've I, seen this movie in the big form that's what like, i'm saying I, you've seen tinker taylor soldier spy i right. don't think we're gonna get it done better than that right and that's my thing it's like you you're and, and this and the thing about it is and why i i i like this movie it doesn't try right it's not right. trying to insult you by trying to be better than the movie we've already seen. No, it's solely something different. It literally is one of those things of these two characters were in love. Something bad, really, really bad and horrible happened. And this is like supposed to be kind of looking back. And then there's also like a life and death thing that's also involved here where you're like, okay, like. Right. It's kind yeah. of like one of it. It felt more like a chapter. And you said like, it before okay. it's a play. It, it, you said it before. It's it's set up like a play, but in movie form. 
Yeah, I mean, it's a chamber piece. It's it's a literal chamber piece. A small number of characters in a short period of time with seriously limited environments. I mean, it's like, it's the walking definition of a chamber film. Mm -hmm. And I think it's very well done. Now, I know there are some people who... Uh, we'll look at this movie and all they'll see is the references and the hat tips to movies that are in the espionage genre. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, there's a little bit of the edge of the spy games. There's a little bit of Tinker Taylor. There's all these other things. But if but that's not what this one is about. It's it's supposed mm-hmm. to remind you of a movie like The Spy Who Came In From The Cold and those other kind of seriously depressing, long drawn out espionage films but it's like a chapter it's kind of like if there was a moment that you could go in on one character who's in that big huge drama and you could pull out just a section and just have something about that thing because we all watch those movies and there's always more one one character who's more interesting than the others or there's this one moment where you have this question this movie is about the question that leads to the twist. We all know what the twist is. Everybody who's seen these movies knows what the twist is. Mm-hmm. So watching something that's just this little slick and then that slice of little gray and depression where the energy between your lead and it's Thandie Newton and Chris Pine and it's off. It's just a little off. Like you, it, it feels like there should be more chemistry than there is between the people but there's something off in how each of them are talking to each other. Mm-hmm. It, and then you get the flashbacks that are just like perfectly timed little slices of rotating back in time, you know, uh, six weeks earlier and then eight weeks earlier or then eight years earlier, back to the actual incident. And honestly, because so many of these movies pick a particular period of time that they want to talk about spycraft. Mm-hmm. It, it's a little racist. Mm-hmm. Like, it's very Western how we think about these things. Like, the bad guy is always the other, right? And this movie does something. It doesn't really ameliorate the fact that they chose again to pick people who were of the Islamic faith as the, quote, terrorist. But it does something that we don't generally talk about the role of the responsibility of Western influence in those events. Right. Mm -hmm. And I thought that was really slick how they kind of slid that into this movie. Yeah. With an extended flashback. Yeah. You know, it's like, are you guys, are we, you know, and it's it's the thing you've seen all the time. Are, are they really your enemy or are you making enemies? Right. You know, have you, have you broken people so bad that you created this mess? Right. Right, so it does, right. yeah, it does a lot of that, um, and yeah, no, it's like you said, it it's. I think that again, there's a lot of smart decisions made with this. Again, I'm also shocked that it's only an hour and forty minutes, and that they were able to keep that kind of discipline for it. But it goes back to the idea that it's really just trying to focus on the acting and the actors out here and giving you bits and pieces. So there's times when they give you bits and pieces of those flashbacks, but you see them from different points of view, right? Which then fill right. in and inform your present day, the present day uh, story that's happening um, going forward from there. But, but it also doesn't overdo it, right? This is not like some, you know, Christopher Nolan, oh, we're going to go back and show you. No, no, not that either. It's, it's not that. It's very, very, it's, 
it's it really is a story that is focused on two people, Henry and Celia. That's really what it is. Like, yes, mm-hmm. there's spy craft here. Yes, there's talking about terrorism. Yes, there's all these other things here. But it really is about two old lovers that are brought back to to face one another and and talk about the tragedy of what happened when they broke up. Right? It just yeah. so happens that it's it's <laughs> it's it's centered around an act of horrific terrorism, but um that's I mean, what it is. We don't really often talk about the things that lead to different kinds of betrayal. And I think we all get really hung up. I I would not, I don't think if they had tried to tell this movie in a forward fashion, like if they had Mm. really stayed at the beginning talking about the Vienna station where all these people worked and led us through this uh, hijacking and is there a mole, isn't there a mole from the beginning to the end. I don't know whether or not I would have been very happy Mm-mm. With them trying to develop that story, because there's it's, it's there's a lot of stereotypes there, especially about uh, you know Middle Eastern North African people. A lot of stereotypes. At one point, there's a, there's a moment in this film where they even kind of bring that up. Is like, well, I mean, you could blame this one person over here because right. look at what she looks like. <laughs> they even right. throw that in there a little bit, <laughs> right? And I liked, and then it was sharp, and right. and I think a lot of people miss that because we're so used to the other kind of movie mm-hmm. that we don't ever deal with the movies that kind of are really introspective about Western thought, Western movement, and how we get down. And these are two people who clearly like their jobs as spies. Mm-hmm. They, they, they liked being agents. They, whatever drove them into their jobs, they believed. They were true believers. So you've got two true believers who got put through the same crucible and broken in different ways. And now they're coming back eight years later in this gorgeous setting. Mm-hmm. And, it's, and, and, it's, and you've got all this very, it's all muddy because you also have the moment in here, because, you know, if you have to have a station leader who's not going to be on screen often, but he needs to be impactful when he's there, Lawrence Fishburne may be your guy. Mm-hmm. And so you have this moment between Chris Pine's character and Lawrence Fishburne's character, and you know something is like somebody's back on a bullshit in that scene, but you're not completely sure which one of them is. Is it the station chief sending his ace agent out? to suss out the mole mm-hmm. is it the ace agent who clearly isn't asking some follow-up questions that he should and why isn't he and then mm-hmm. they have this slight scene where you look at this other person who gets involved in this mix before he gets to celia so the way that they unfold his past and the way that they unfold these things it's more talking about the idea of U.S. agencies abroad than it is investigating these things. So there's a lot of underdevelopment here for all of the different parts of what we're used to in a movie, especially in Cecilia. Celia, Fancy Mouton's character, you don't really get a good idea of who she was then mm-hmm. or who she is now until the very end. Mm-hmm. And I really dug that because usually when they want to use a woman in this kind of role as just kind of there's the prop 
to the the romantic lead, the man, or you know something going on with him. It's not like this, and I think that's maybe what I liked about the awkwardness of everything growing up to them between them because at first it seems like she just thinks that he's coming to catch up right where she's like and here i thought you were coming you know to see if we still had that old spark right right and then he tells her why she's there and it's to close the books on what happened eight years ago with that um hijacking of an airplane mm-hmm. but but their chemistry never really completely clicks, right? Right. I don't think it's supposed to. Well, no, no, you're right. It's not supposed to, right? Because it's supposed to, right? And you kind of get why later on. And I don't. They don't. They don't spend too much time of their beforehand because also it's in the workplace beforehand, right? So you get a little bit of right. their chemistry, a little bit there's every times when they're together and and they're having sex or something like that. But like when they're in the room to get there's times when it's like they have to be reserved because it's like you're you know you you guys are working together right and you probably didn't disclose your relationship to your boss right even though the boss knows everybody knows right right so so they needed to kind of like it was always reserved so you're always i feel like there was chemistry for them but it was like one of those reserve chemistry like you're like there's more going on here like when they like there's just it just you're always on your toes a little bit with them yeah and stuff like that. i really am starting to think that a lot of people who either talk about these movies or read these kinds of books have very vanilla lives or they have very little experience so when they're looking at these things they have a checklist of supposed to for how the scene is supposed to hit and on one level, when you're watching Newton and um, uh, why did Pine across from each other at this table, their energy seems all wrong for the characters. If what you're really supposed to be talking about is two lovers coming back to connect with each other. Um, and 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 when I look at this, it's like I broken people. It's 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 always interesting to me, but this is about betrayal. But it's betrayal within betrayal because of betrayal, Mm -hmm. right? And I don't think I've seen it kind of done better and as gracefully with, like, just this... I mean, the movie isn't that long, and it's not that involved. But I really thought it did some good things with the broad sweeps that it had. And I'm really enjoying uh, the roles that that Thandie Newton's choosing lately. Yeah. Um... There's that. Also, um, is Chris Pine the best actor in the Chris's? I think so, right? It's not really up for debate. Listen, I want Chris Pine to just go on ahead and reconcile himself to being a character actor. Right, because I, like, need, I need him to get his Robert Redford on. Because, I just, like, he, I mean, he pretty much, like, we, we, we like all the Chris's for Chris Pratt, right? But, um, he's the one that has, when you look at all the roles he's played, like yeah. this guy goes from this role here from Henry. He's been I think he's coming back as, you know, um Kirk, right? Like Yeah, I, he just it, did it, a it makes the contractor where he's it, out it, here shooting people. And again, I know I shouldn't take shots at them every time I do a movie review or something like this, but like gotta take some shots at WB and DC. It's like you have a Hal Jordan and you cast him as Trevor. 
<laughs> Steve Trevor. What are you doing? Did. What are he you doing? That. Like, can you like Chris Pine was Hal Jordan? What were you uh-huh. doing? Like, what? it's right there. He's literally right in front of your face. Right in front of your fucking face. You have your Hal Jordan, and you said no. We're gonna make him this character that we're gonna kill off in his first fucking twice. We're gonna kill him twice. We're gonna kill him twice. I just. I think there's this thing that people have about what it means to have star power and rely on it. I don't think that this is a typical way that people are used to seeing Chris Pine. Now, do I think this movie is the best to ever do it in spycraft movies? Absolutely not. When it comes to chamber pieces, taking an isolated moment, absolutely. It's 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 doing some A-level work here. And it's because of Chris Pine. Mm-hmm. And I don't I didn't, of all the people that I thought that I would be sitting here excited about what happens when people stop looking at him as the 20 something heartthrob. Oh my God, what happens to his career? I didn't think I'd be saying our guy's Chris Pine, but I think it might be. Yeah. Like, like he's like, really? Low key? Quiet as I'm, I'm here for his character work, but mm-hmm. the way they dropped the ball. <laughs> on him being their guy to carry their franchises and their mm-hmm. tent poles and their summer blockbusters. Mm-hmm. He's sitting right there smiling at you and you put him in a pilot suit instead of the green outfit. I just, you don't I, love yourself. I'm just, I'm sorry. I just, it just, I was watching, I was, I was like halfway through this movie and watching him. And I was like, you know, this was Hal Jordan. Yeah. Like, and, and, and here's the thing. There's nothing about this movie that says Hal Jordan. Right. But I was just watching him act going like, you could have had him as Hal Jordan though, because he's that good of an actor. You Listen, done that. I was saying it. At, I was saying it in Star Trek. I was like, right? Well, yeah, definitely in Star Trek. Definitely Star because it's like he's kind of playing Hal in, in Star Trek as Kirk a little yeah. bit. And I'm like, so you guys didn't give him a power ring, huh? You didn't. You decided not to. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You 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 actively made the decision to not. Okay. Okay. This is this is why you guys can't have nice things. Nothing you guys do nice. This is why. This is why. Right. But like, <laughs> I'm I'm sitting here and I. I, I don't know. I've, I'm probably said it on shows before, but I'm big fan of show more than tell mm-hmm. in certain kinds of movies. But in spy movies, you got to have people who can talk at people. You yeah. just got to have people who you're w- willing to listen, talk to. And Chris Pine is now on that list for me. Andy Newton is working her way up there, too, mm-hmm. because this Celia is a character whose conflict sits in a place that I think for a lot of black women, when you're at work, that moment where you realize I've had enough, Mm -hmm. that moment where you realize I can't, this can't be me. Or that moment when you have a choice between supporting the person, even if it means you have to turn a blind eye to something, you know, that they have done that you are diametrically opposed to regardless of the reason for why they might've done it, that you can't investigate that. Why? and still live with any kind of sense of integrity. And I think that if that woman was supposed to exist in real life and we were only gonna know about her in abstracts in like little snippets of moments, she would look a lot like how Vandy played mm-hmm. Celia in this moment. Like, cause we don't know anything about her new life. Mm-hmm. She says she has a husband. She says she has kids. She says she's happy. She was, then you see the flashbacks where it looks like she's fully engaged and kind of like gung ho in her job and kind of getting off on the adrenaline a little. Right. 
But then you also see the snippets of her relationship with um, her boss, played by Jonathan Pierce, who I'm slightly sad they underutilized simply because he's such a brilliant actor. And I think they could have given us just a little bit more, and that would have made some of the greater geopolitical tension a little rise a little better. Mm -hmm. And it would have made the third act hit even harder. I think they kind of rush towards the end on handy, having Thandy say things instead of continuing to show us those little pieces like they were turning over cards in the slow play poker game. Right. Um, but, but when you think about what is that woman going to look like, what, what happens if you find yourself pulled back in to the, something you literally, ran literally, yeah, literally as you got out, started a family, moved on with your life. And literally eight years later, they're like, yeah, we're going to pull that back in. Let's, let's yeah. revisit that shit. And you have to go to the person who tried to make you do something, who tried to blackmail you into doing something before you left the first time, which is part of the reason why you left. And to realize that you've got this cloud hanging over your head, right? Mm -hmm. What do you do? I think you would look a lot how Celia looked in this movie. Yeah. Yeah. Well. So, yeah. So I think I think people have a weird idea about what romanticism looks like, what relationships look like, what sacrifice looks like. And I thought that this was just kind of a very, very dynamic way, but super low key mm -hmm. to kind of just pull out a couple of pages in a spy's life. And have that one scene go down because you and I both know we were really getting the John Le Carey version of this. Right. This hap this scene happens in what the second act. This yeah. isn't the end of the movie. Exactly. And I think I like that. I think I like the fact that this is like a day in the moment, and this this you that you're not supposed to feel completely satisfied, but you're supposed to walk away a hundred percent sure about the two characters who you just saw in that one moment. Mm -hmm. So I dug it. I dug it. I'm kind of liking this idea of slim fillers, thrillers. I don't know. Did you get a chance to see the outfit? Uh, I think so. Nah, you'd remember. It just came out. No, then, no. Okay, well, if you kind of dig this, this, this kind of slim closed room chamber piece idea for a film the outfit just came out on the 18th of march mm -hmm. from focus features and it is uh, basically one crazy night uh dealing with the mob uh, it's a tailor a cutter he makes custom suits and he's got a drop box in his back office where mobsters you know, people drop off their money takes and then the guy who he's cut a deal with, his people come and pick up at the contents of the box. And it it's like one guy knows that another gang is like making moves against them and somebody is snitching and they've got a wiretap somewhere. Mm hmm so now it's all about trying to get your hands on this tape and it's literally most of the entire movie takes place in his shop uh in the tailor shop and he has to outsmart this entire group of criminals to live through the night and it's mark rylance zoe dutch dylan o'brien and johnny flynn 
playing the main parts in this movie and the movie is as good as Mark Rylance is as an actor and he's one hell of an actor from beginning to end. And even when it starts telegraphing what's happening and you know what's going to go, you're still fully satisfied by the end, especially when you see who dies. Hmm. And it's another, it's, it's a super slim thriller. And yeah, I was pleasantly surprised. I ended up liking it a lot and I didn't get to talk to anybody about oh, it. But actually, I think I know, I think I know, I think I saw the trailer for it and I was hoping we would get a screener for it, but we didn't. I think I know what you're talking about. I, yeah. Well, the last minute I, somebody asked me, did I want a screener? And I said, yes, but I'm, I'm telling you, if this is the, the way that people want to start doing like chamber pieces on the big screen with like, you've kind of got a little bit of that, that's play staging and the set pieces. And then you've got like really, really top caliber actors coming in playing really subtle parts and 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 it's supposed to be a little underplayed and a lot low-key and it's mostly about just this one character who you're following through and you're never sure who your character is until you get all the way to the end Mm -hmm. these two movies real high on my list for that and i've enjoyed the hell out of both of them what would you give this movie uh out of 10 um, I think that I have to give all the knives. Mm, a six and a half out of ten. Hmm. I mean, they didn't do a lot. I like it, right. but I don't know whether I don't even know if this is a movie that I can rate out of ten. Yeah, see, I'll it's, like a, a, it's like a seven, seven and a half for me. Also, it helps because it's it's it's, it's Amazon Prime. Right. Yeah. So it's yeah. Like, they did it's, a day and date double release. You right. do not have to so leave your house you can, to see it. You can go right to the like. I feel like that's the thing to me. It's like it's short, sweet. It's got a it's got a good enough uh, acting cast. You know, the minute you get annoyed because you kind of know where it's going, the film is about to end anyway. Um, and like I said, you can't kind of leave your house for it. I think I can. Okay. Okay. If those are our criteria, it's a solid B plus movie for me. So I guess that makes it a seven, huh? Yeah, that's why I was like, to me, it's a seven and a half, you seven. I think that makes sense. That's where it's at, right? It's nothing, it's not like breaking the bank like an eight or a nine would, but also it's like, no, like six is, I'm kind of not, I'm kind of telling people to watch it if it's like, no, you need to watch it. I'll see you all terrible. Not terrible, but like, it's, oh, no. it's bad, yeah, but it's entertaining. Seven, then. Right. It's a seven. It's yeah. a seven. If that's, to me, it's a if solid. that's, if, if that's the criteria, this is a solid tap seven. I like the tennis match esque of the movie with the mm-hmm. exposition between the two. I definitely like the way that it looked, although I do think it leaned a little too heavy into some of the old school espionage techniques that didn't really match some of the more contemporary slick scenes. Mm-hmm. And I know they did that to make it a difference. But sometimes I think there are other ways for you to show a the past and b that we're in a seriously tense situation than some of the filters that they choose. Yeah. But I I did kind of like how the camera movement yeah felt and so yeah that's that's a song and I like the soundtrack yeah I like absolutely. the score I love the soundtrack yeah so it's a seven mm-hmm. I'll give it a seven for that yeah. Where do you guys have it? That's our review for all the old knives. Uh, you can see it on, like I said, uh, if you want to go to the theater, you can, but why do that when you have Amazon Prime? You can just watch it on Amazon video. So um, we have plenty more stuff to be talking about soon. Uh, so stay tuned for that. Also, you can hitch uh, Row, myself, and Deepom over on Super Tuesday Recap talking about Moon Knight. We have another episode of Moon Knight coming out. 
And also, because I know we put it on the first two episodes on Movie Trailer Refeed, we are switching Halo over to Super Tuesday Recap. So if you get the main feed, you're you're good either way. But if you listen to one or the other, uh, the Halo stuff will be done every two episodes, and it'll be on Super Tuesday Recap. So, um, yeah. So stay tuned for that, and we'll be back soon. So again, folks, thank you very much for listening. Until next time, we're out of here. Peace. <laughs>